welcome to Forever Canon, <laughs> the podcast where we talk about, well, wouldn't you know it, an entire book titled Dark Tide 2 Ruin, the four-third book in the new Jedi Order series. This one, the second one in a row, written by Michael A. Stackpole. Coming at us, by the way, from all the way back in June of the year 2000. Okay. And so to like, you know, excuse some of its problems or like explain, not excuse, explain some of its problems. You know, this book is uh, 22 years old almost. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, let's talk about the entire thing. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week I already said what we're going to do because we finished another book. Our 21stest book, right? Nine, nine, three, yes. Math. Yep. 21 books on the podcast, Tim. How does it feel? Did you ever think we would make it this far? Absolutely not. Well, why would you say such a thing? <laughs> why would you Why would you ever even consider such a thing? I'll just, I, we'd start things. Hey, hey, hey. Don't what? say it. Don't finish. Don't finish that sentence. Okay, we start things, and let it never be said that we don't finish them <laughs> by not finishing that sentence. We finished that shelf, and we finished this book. Yes, we did. Oh God, what a shelf! And let's start where we left off in the previous book. Let's go to the very beginning of this one with the galactic overview. Wait, bum bum bum. <laughs> Previously on Forever Canon, we talked about the end of this book in depth. Yes. I'm not going to do that this time. <sighs> I'm mad at this book. So I didn't I did not put any any kind of respect or care into this review at all. Let me know if it comes through Forever Canon podcast at gmail.com. Sorry Michael. I'm sure I'm, listen man. You've written books that I like. These books would be probably just better out of the context of this podcast stretching them out so long yeah you bang these two books out in a, in a weekend you're mm-hmm. like that was fun yeah right it's been six months <laughs> in the first three months nobody had a name no yep. bad guys and then we just it threw everybody in the garbage at the end of this one all the new interesting characters that we learned about but that was last week this week Let's start, finally, God, Tim, get on track, with the Galactic Overview. Wouldn't you know it, the Yuuzhan Vong are still here in our Star Wars galaxy and still winning this war of conquest that they've initiated. And the galaxy seems to be unwilling to accept. Mm -hmm. After our heroes previously escaped Dantooine, we now find ourselves back home on Coruscant. Planning traps with the New Republic government for the Yuuzhan Vong at their next likely targets. But not the Jedi. They're not allowed to be involved. Bad PR. They must only protect. Luke Skywalker is worried about turning his clandestine group of philosophers into warriors. Corrin Horn, one of these warriors who doesn't want to be one, Leads a team of Jedi to Garki, which leads us all later to Ithor, where the continuously backstabbing Yuuzhan Vong forces face off against the New Republic, Imperial Remnant, and Jedi Order's uneasy alliance. We stop the war for a whole week before killing off all the bad guys we know, melting a planet to goo, and naming Cornhorn. The man who lost Ithor. The Imperial Remnant, New Republic, and Jedi Order all go their separate ways with new hostilities and unexpected respects. That accidentally rhymed it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even timed it. Come on. I know, whatever. Yeah. I tried to say something stupid, but that was too stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a line. Like, that was supposed to be funny, but it was not too stupid to be funny. I don't know. That's 
That's this book. Did I did I miss anything, Tim? I mean, obviously, listen, there's no details in there. Yeah. But did I, did I miss anything major? Uh, the bad guys are here. We went home, and then we went back out to go fight them, and we lost again. And then everybody went, bye. Yeah. There's one named bad guy that was named in this book that isn't dead. You're right. War Master Savong Law. That's not even who I was thinking Oh, of. no, really? I was going to say he was named, <laughs> he but was. he was never seen yes. or involved. Who? Nominor. Ah, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, in, yeah, yeah, he's in right. chapter one. He also gets named in this book. At uh, the very beginning. Yeah, when Shadow Shai's like, look at all the things everybody did wrong and I'm going to do right. Yeah. We'll get there. He's the only... We see him chapter one. We'll get there. But first, now that we've finished talking about the greater scope of what happens in this book, it's it's difficult coming off the last series of... The last two series we did of like nine focused books of a big, gigantic, triple hero's journey. Mm -hmm. Where like a lot happened from the beginning of one book to the end of it yeah a lot changed within the dynamics of you know the galaxy the power balance and the governments and and what have you these books it's a 19 book series about an entire war yeah and so you're not always gonna move so far from the beginning to the end of one it's a real slow burn because of the but even the two books combined just kind of did the same thing twice yeah we ran away from a battle. We tried to get help. We got a little help, and then we had another battle that we lost and had to run away from. And then we went back home again at the beginning of this one. Tried to get more help. And then we went out to go get other help. And then we had a fight that we had to run away from. <laughs> and it sounds, you know, it sounds stupid and, and diminishing or, or diminutive to say it. Obviously, so facetiously like that. But, but like, I guess that's just the repetitive nature of losing a war badly. Like, yeah. early on, like, if we look at it in the bigger picture, it's like, we just keep losing and having to run away. Like, that's that's a scary thing. But in terms of, like, let's talk in depth about these books. It's been the same damn story <laughs> yeah. a couple times in a row. With, you know, little tweaks in here and there. To the characters, Tim. Yes. And let's start breaking down our characters. Watch how fast this is. With our first set, Han and Leia Solo, the why am I bothering couple. Han appears at the beginning of the book where he almost opens up to his kids, drunk as a long-haired skunk, and then and then he doesn't when everybody's home at the beginning. He's like, I almost said something about how I feel. But then instead, I'm going to grumble, grumble. And then, that's all. Yeah, you don't see him again. Oh, wait, that's it. That's all. That's that's the end of Han Solo in this book. Meanwhile, as you might expect, Leo Organa Solo to have a, a bigger role then. She meets with Admiral Crayfay and Chief of State Borsfalia at the beginning of the book on Coruscant, trying to get at things to happen. We got to do this. We got to do that. We've seen what happened in the last book. Come on, it's bad news. Helps out. Yeah, we can do that, but no Jedi. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, then we need more help. And she goes and she out, goes out to meet with old Gil and Bastion. She brings the Imperial Remnant into the battle. They get along, right? They like each other. There's much political respect between the two of them. Mm-hmm. This all happens with her in Chapter 7. And then in Chapter... Oh, wait, that's it. That's it. Yeah. She speaks once at another meeting. She's on stage at the when Jag shows up at the big procession party. Yeah. There wasn't She had a moment where she didn't she like hug Anakin? Yeah. Told she, him she was proud of him or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, she she definitely she did do that. But that yeah. No, that's she, it. Han and Leia solo. Favorite moment? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like their scenes that they had. Like, Han Solo with the kids. Yeah. Being as troubled as he was, and then being like, oh man, dad's in trouble. That was a great scene. 
That's all we got. And that's yeah. not what we want. <laughs> yeah. We want more more Han Solo, always. And then Leia, her and, and Gil, cool. Her and Phalia being at each other's throats, always, that's good. Those yeah. Those are good scenes. That's it. Yeah, there just wasn't a lot of scenes. That was it. And so those are the de facto favorite moments. <laughs> there are there are three. There are, it's so hard to choose. There are <laughs> very limited supply. So why don't we just move on to our next characters, who obviously did much more because there's a, a paragraph written. Hey hey. Instead of four sentences. I guess four sentences can be a paragraph. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Luke and Mara Jade Skywalker, the masters of tracking kids. It's mostly what they do. The beginning of the book, Mara gets a special spotlight where she's sparring with Corrin Horn. We watch them battle out the uh, eventual ending of the book. Yep. The big foreshadowing in the very first, second chapter, I guess. Because mm-hmm. it opens up with Shadow Shy, right? Yep. Anyways, we open up with her fighting Corrin. Luke doesn't want the Jedi to go to war. Also, P.S., he is tired. Me too, man. Saturday night, soccer all day today. Stayed up late last night doing a puzzle. Wow. Been up late multiple nights this week. I let been letting the kids stay up to watch the playoff games. Seven thirty start. It's a late finish. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm tired. I understand Luke Skywalker. I can relate to him on this level, but he seems a bit busier. When people in his Jedi Order start going missing. But a person. Deshara Kor <laughs> goes missing. Not to be true, too dramatic. She goes missing. She's looking for weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah. She's, she wants to find... What do they call them? They call, I think they just call them super weapons. Super weapons. Yeah. yeah she's tr- looking up information on all the Imperial super weapons. She goes missing. Luke and Mara bring Anakin and a stranger named Chalco along on this adventure <laughs> to go track her down. Because, of course... Luke knows he's supposed to go to Vortex and the Cathedral of the Winds, which was such an impactful, amazing journey. I forgot about it till I was writing this down. Yeah. Yeah. What did they even do there? They talked to that lady. That's it. And she was like, I'm really sad about the things I did in the past. In a different Michael Stack moment. <laughs> like, yeah. I, is this just like that happened like three or four times? Is he just plugging his own stuff and as a loose end that just is a scene filler what why did they go there i don't know they went there because she would be the only one to have information yeah and she said sorry i can't give you any information except we know now we need to she's looking for the eye of palpatine or something yeah a second eye why would you make one there could even be a third depending on your philosophical uh, <laughs> arrangement but now we know we went from we had to go to vortex and now we know we have to go to garros four didn't remember that was the name of the planet, but I do remember Luke and Mara leaving the kid in the car with the stranger, mm-hmm. and then they get kidnapped. Yeah. But, you know, he saves himself, and they help save him pretty swiftly, so no big deal. And then Daishara Kor going missing, looking for massive super weapons, just resolves itself behind the scenes, and Luke and Mara are now at Ithor. Yeah. Like, listen to how little the book even cares about these storylines. Yeah. And the characters. We're just like, we're just throwing, why is Chalco here? Throw him in the garbage and concentrate on the core characters and do something interesting with them and their relationships. Han and Leia Solo, sure, you can be swept under the rug for a book, whatever. But, what, we're just, why are, we're at Ithor now. We're, Luke has a meeting with a priest in the whole Jedi Order and the Mother Jungle, and he renounces his responsibility over the Jedi Order. Because that's, you know, the thing that's been, you know, weighing him down. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just my Jedi Order. It's our Jedi Yeah, Order. taking sole responsibility for the Order. Yeah. Also, Mara wants a baby. Mm-hmm. She, in the middle of the battle with the Yuuzhan Vong, when they show up, she saves Kipturin and Worth Skitter saves two Jedi because she's so cool on the Tafonda Bay while Luke watches 
watches. Corin Horn, Dual Shadow Shy, for the win and safety of the planet. And then he agrees to scapegoat him to the public after. Much to the chagrin of uh, other present Jedi, young young Jedi. And uh, that's a wrap. Yep. Quick recap. What did Luke Skywalker do in this Star Wars book? He drove to a few planets. Resolved a problem off screen. Like, that's a big problem. Yeah. One of your students is looking is so upset about the war and these invaders and people being taken slave. Which, by the way, whole history of your family probably should care about. It's why your father fell on the dark side. Had only his mother also been set free. Which I don't understand why the Jedi even wagered on his freedom. Well, you, that's a slaver. You take the child and you take his mother. Free. Nah, it's the law, bro. Our credits aren't even... Anyways. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a big deal, and it just gets resolved off screen. Yeah. It's a big deal that she goes, runs away to go try to find a super weapon to destroy an entire planet full of Yuzhan Vong. And they're like, mm, she's back in the back in the Jedi Order. Everything's fine. Luke yeah. Skywalker took care of it behind the curtain. Don't know about a look behind the curtain. Yeah, talked to her for a bit, and she was and okay. What, then, and what did he do? There was a whole battle and like a war. There was stuff going on in space. There was stuff going on in the jungle. There was stuff going on in the Tafonda Bay, which is with the floating city thing. He yeah. didn't get a battle action scene, really. No. He showed up at like the end of like Anakin running away with Deshara Kor or whatever. And he's like, Anakin's a true Jedi hero. Something like that. Right? Yeah. He just, he did things that he, he did didn't want to do. In the periphery too. Yeah. Case in point, the end of the book, which it's fine. Let's let Corn Horn be the star of this book. That's cool. Mm-hmm. He's not making my character list because I don't care about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but like Luke Skywalker is standing there watching the end of the book. Yep. And maybe telling us about it through his perspective, but that was also unclear. Who was the one narrating the, the action of that scene to us? That's it, man. That's a wrap. That's what these that's what they did. What was your favorite moment? Luke and Mara Jade Skywalker. I like Mara's action scenes at the beginning and when she's saving Kip Durin. I like those because she is still, like, weakened. Deathly ill. Yeah. Like, horribly, debilitatingly ill. Yeah, and which Luke... Holding it off with the force. At at the beginning of the book, Luke brings it up when Corn and her are fighting saying they're both weakened and they're still amazing. Cause, Cause he had all those battles with Shadow Shai's family yep. on Bemil near Bemil. Yeah. Nearly died. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I like good Mara choice. Stuff. I said Mara hero flipping into the fight and being dope. Cause she like jumped <laughs> off the balcony and like did a somersault. And she's yep. like, I'll save you men. Phew, idiots. Get out of here. <laughs> Especially cause these two are particular idiots. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then, and then she also, her husband did things. Let's talk about our next group of characters. Characters who did a lot. Our, our broad group in the third slot of the Yuzhan Vong, which I can, I think I spelled it five different ways while writing these notes. Two U's and then an HZ and two U's is, is a ZH. I think it's ZH. That's, that's what I'm saying. Man, remember Lord Zed? From Power Rangers? Yep. The dude who just looked like muscle meat? <laughs> yeah. With like a metal cage? Yep. Gross. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Yuzhan Vong. Hey, speaking of gross, the Yuzhan Vong, a.k.a. Backstabby Buddies, now featuring 20% more names. Yes. Names such as Shidao Shai, commander of the legacy of torment, hates Cornhorn for dishonoring his family. And names like Dane Leanne, second in command, hates Shidao Shai for horribly abusing him, having the job that he wants, and generally existing. Because <laughs> that's how this cast warrior society works. <laughs> We hate all of each other all the time and always want to murder each other outside of our family to gain more glory. 
They spend more time. I said I said they do a lot, and they do compared to the previous characters we talked about. But actually, the most important thing they do in this book is tell us and show us uh, more about their culture. Yes, and who the Yuzhan Vong are. That's the most interesting thing that these two guys bring to the story. Mm-hmm. Is all the characterization? That's the word I wanted. Of their entire race of people, their entire—I don't know. Yeah, there are their, their species yeah. that have come here from another galaxy. Yeah, their section of the society, because the rest of them we don't right. know. It's the warriors is really all we get to know in this book, which is cool. Yeah, there's. A, it seems like they have a big, complicated mess of a social construct yeah. so like let's get in there one a multi-cast piece a system yeah of, in the yeah. early book in the first book we spent that whole book getting to know the spies yeah Nominor, other dude whose name i have remembered before but not this time on Belkadan. yeah what was his name uh, i don't know Couldn't i want it. it's i think Couldn't it starts it, with an l couldn't get it what i want to say it starts with an l it starts with an l Legolas. <laughs> you keep going. Nah, I won't. I'm going to wait. No, just kidding. But that is kind of like the coolest thing that they do in this book is is just tell us more about who they are and what they care about and, and, and show us depth of character that was not present at all in the first book, right? Yeah. Yeah. We wanted it so bad in the first book of this two book series and it would have absolutely enhanced the ending of this second book which felt like throwing a bunch of good stuff in the garbage because we just made it good. Mm-hmm. But back to that. <laughs> the Yuzhan Vong, I don't know if they do as much. They do. These two guys end up doing a lot. But they really just show and tell more. Right? Yeah. But, you know, they let us in on like a little bit of the priests and the, the case, the casts, the gods, warriors and family and how that matters and to your legacy and... Honor and and then slaves, of course. Oh, a lot of slaves. Of course. All that good stuff. Shadow Shai is greeted by <laughs> Senator from Kamasi, uh, Elagos Aklaw. Yeah. I almost called him Elagos Lagasi because <laughs> I just said Kamasi. <laughs> and he maybe could have played a vampire <laughs> in the early Nosferatu movies. Ah, ah, Betsy. Which is actually a Toy Story of Terror joke for nobody. My kids, kids, are you older and listening to this? Remember Toy Story of Terror? I never watched it. Uh, I was talk- I'm talking to my kids, Tim. Oh, Shut sh- up. <laughs> no, actually, it's awesome, man. It's like uh, it's like a short uh, Toy Story movie. And uh, they all get locked in a hotel or something and the toys go missing. Because, uh, dude, it- oh, I won't spoil it. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it. It's cool. <laughs> it's a Toy Story horror movie. Yeah. I like all the and, like, same things. We watch you do, it at so. Halloween type stuff, right? It's great. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, back to the point. Elagos arrives ready to uh, what's what's the word? Uh, uh, where two like, people from different political like, factions like, try to negotiate, mediate, or mm-hmm. like. Well, the, Elagos is kind of the mediator between the two warring yeah, okay. factions, but. What is the political specific word? It's for not that? negotiate. No, ambassadorize. Anyways, before <laughs> <laughs> I ambassadorize the English language anymore, he arrives and he's taken prisoner. Prisoner meaning like, hey, we'll let you stay alive, but I'm gonna like torture you and interrogate you and and. Pretend that you're my friend, but I'll make you move rocks. And teach you about our culture by doing what they do. Yeah, I'll show you. Ah, It's not fun. No, but there is a lot of cool interplay in in, in those sections of the book between those two characters. Mm-hmm. There's also a ship womb discovered at Sarn Padal. He don't care. Shadow Shai's like, yeah, whatever. They found our ship womb. I don't care. Forgot about that part. That was months ago. Yeah. Ship womb. Ugh. That's at Serpidol, the remains of it. But at Garki, Shadow Shai finds all those pollen choked warriors who got murdered by the smart trees and failure. <laughs> and then he's so mad 
He's ready to send a message to the New Republic, specifically to the family. Not betraying. Oh, man. Murdering? Yeah, but like downcasting them in the society, right? He's like removing, stripping them of their honor by not burying them and stealing their bones. Like desecrating? Sure. I'm bad with words now. Forever. Get ready for the next 20 years of books, Tim. Anyways, he is mad at failing at Garky. Oh, what was that other guy? Val. Somebody Val. Yeah. He died. He and he was They uh, died. They he got, was a big deal too. They got choked to death when Corrin and Jason and Kip? Was no, no, Ooh. it was um Ganner. Ganner. Who's a cool guy now? Yes. Cause he gets scarred up here, right? At the battle where everybody gets choked to death and then they burn down the forest of intelligent trees. He's ready, Shadow Shy, to turn Alagos into a message for the New Republic. A very extreme, but cool, and nasty, but cool, because I didn't have to read every detail of the horrible torture of ripping all the skin off this man's bones. Yes. And decorating him with gems, his skeleton, which probably could have done parts of it while he's still alive, if you want to be real horrific. I probably did. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to read that. Yes. Thank you. Because it's too much of that in this book. If we want to make a thing, if I want to say something about the Yuzhan Vong, it's enough. <laughs> yeah. We get it. You're going to step on people's necks. You're going to drag a hook across their forehead and gouge the skin off their head. You know what, though? This is me having read this already. I already know. I already understand how vicious and violent the Yuzhan Vong are. And so to me, I'm like, man, that's enough. We get it. That's heavy handed and too much torture porn or whatever nonsense I've said about it before. Because if I could put a disclaimer on episode 190. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Everything I say is nonsense. Okay. Don't be mad about it. But I guess... If you're only on book three, and we really have only seen them in bits and pieces in the first one, yeah. and then not personally at all in the second one, I guess yeah. I'm wrong a lot right now, right? Yeah, and and this is the one series where you and me both have a little bit in insight into. Mm-hmm. So it, I can Experience definitely see, with. I can definitely see where you're going where. Okay. I'm yeah, like, I get it. We know. I, I understand they they'll rip their own nose off and, yeah, and they're bad pull people. their ear off. They're they're freaky freaky freaks. But again, it is cool that I didn't have to read every detail of that. Yes, thank you, Michael. Yeah, and so nice message. Uh the message is received. Shadow Shy has a disagreement with Dane Leanne about how to show these infidels at Ithor how strong we are. Dane Leanne wants to Destroy the planet from afar with some sort of bile warfare weapon that, you know, they grow their own mass. Yeah, some sort of bacteria or something. He's going to kill it with something from far away and we don't have to die. But Shadashai says, no, that's dumb. We need to die a lot and show them that we don't care because we're so strong. Okay. That's what we're that's the, that's what we're gonna do at Ithor. I'm gonna ignore you, second in command. Of course, that makes you mad. And well, wouldn't you know, Tim? Turns out everybody gets what they want at Ithor. We get a war, which ends in the death of Shadow Shy, and then we get the planet turned to goo from a safe distance, as Dane Leanne then also dies in his ship. Shadow Shy goes down with a lightsaber slice. Dane Leanne goes boom. Mm-hmm. And the two Yuzhan Vong characters we've gotten to know over this entire book and have been actually very interesting and had a cool dynamic between the two of them. Maybe not cool, but I didn't want to say interesting again. They're gone. Yeah. Yeah, we just... We didn't have anybody in the last book with a name. And then we got two characters in this book. And then it's okay to kill them. It's a war. Yeah. But like, what if we had them last book too? I wonder if, because 
Dane Lien is working at, against Shadow Shai with the War Master, right? Yep, but also still trying to work towards the goals of the of the group as a whole. Yeah. Because if he fails, if they fail, then they all fail. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to like usurp the guy's authority while still... And he and he's also working against the war master wanting to take his position. Of course, like he really that's wants how the whole thing works. Everybody wants to kill everyone from birth because more. Yeah, power. I wonder right. if, uh, with all of that and the guy being called the war master, if he kind of already knew all that and was like, "Let's let these two destroy yeah, I'm each set other." Set these two up to kill each other to eliminate rivals for me. Yeah, yeah let's get rid of. Or maybe he's more about the Yuzhong Vong as a whole, and he's like, these guys suck and are killing people just right. because they're against each other. I maybe. doubt that second part. Yeah. I highly, highly <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to the first part. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's it for the Yuzhong Vong. There's other, there's details in there. Mm-hmm. But what about your favorite moments? I liked, um, not with anybody in particular, but... I liked all well, the, the time we have anybody in particular and you leave them right out. Yep. The, the, like the biotechnology, that long range weapon, the yeah. ship womb thing. I like that stuff with that, that. aspect of, of this villain, villainous, uh, enemy culture, and whatever. It's so cool and gross and, and very different. different for star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars is all about like slap together as many rusty parts as you can to go blow up the shiny guys and their <laughs> shiny ships. Like yeah. that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's like it's this uh, striation between have and have not, and, and survive and do well. Mm-hmm. And then these guys come in and they're all like, "We're doing well." Other than the fact that we've had to flee our galaxy for some reason, but we feel like we're doing well, and we're definitely surviving, and we're doing it with living stuff instead of you know uh, cobbling rusty parts together. To you know, launch a yeah, what is it? Blast some some not wampus. Damn it, womp rats. Yeah. Why does everything <laughs> gotta be so similarly named? <laughs> Anyways, my favorite moment was all the things we talked about that were details about the Yuzhan Vong. We talked about like the god uh, Yan Yamka. Mm-hmm. We talked about the goddess Yan Harla. We talked about priest and priestess class uh, and like they have a specific job of like bioengineering all of the all of the interesting technology that they have yep. a lot of cool stuff man mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff also the true master <laughs> that's just cool i want him to come in just cool yeah secret secret master oh ah, it's very sith yes right yeah Ooh, you didn't you thought there was only two and and this but is, there was a secret guy the whole time. With him being introduced and sprinkled in a few times in this book is kind of what we wanted with Shadow Shy in the last book. Instead of just kicking him in at the very end and being like, okay. Being like, aha, I saw that whole book and I cannot wait to exact my revenge. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, be watching the whole time and be mad about it the whole time. Build that rage up to the end and then tip into this book where he's like, here comes revenge. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't do that, though. Let's move on to our fourth and final set of characters. The Solo Children. The most important characters of this new Jedi Order. It's not OJO. <laughs> okay. Not maybe the guy to reference. <laughs> it's not old Jedi Order. <laughs> Star Wars. His new Ojo. Jedi Order. We got to focus on the new Jedi, the Solo Children, the three learning babies, the young teens. And I, you know what? I'm tired of talking about this book. So we're gonna we're gonna hit all three of these kids real quick. Are you ready? You just made a face. I mean, people on the podcast can't hear that. Are you ready? Eyebrow raise. Here we go. Jason. Witnesses true Jedi heroism and learns that life is not fair. Jaina makes a friend she doesn't really know and learns true grief greater than Chewbacca's death. Anakin meets a stray 
loses a Jedi, and learns that real heroes who fight for good actually love to die. So don't be so hard on yourself, kid. <laughs> There's a lot of details in, in between those three sentences, but yeah. that's the long and short part of it. Jason, in the beginning of the book, I don't want to be a Jedi. I don't want to be a hero. I just want to understand the Force. And then he watches Cornhorn saving everybody over and over again. And then he's and then Cornhorn gets blamed for everything at the end. And Jason says, not fair. You tell me if I'm a good Jedi, I'm going to be hated for doing good Jedi stuff. Not fair. Right? Yeah. That's pretty much his whole journey through this book. Jaina. Well, bonds with her wingmate, rolls to starboard, and blows the whole thing smithereens. <laughs> yep. You can only go port in Star Wars. It's the last time she'll go Star Wars. But then, like, the end of it where they're like, she's like, oh, I'm upset, but also I never knew her. But also I should have known her well. But also that was worse than Chewbacca's death. Take that last thing out, and the rest of it can make sense as a standalone. Yeah. <laughs> then she compares it to Anakin feeling bad about Chewbacca's death. And I'm like, don't you feel bad about Chewbacca's death? Yeah, you probably should. Because, <laughs> like, your, your friend died. It wasn't your direct fault the way that Anakin... Eh, whatever. And then Anakin's journey, he just gets tagged along and then has to sit in the car with this vagrant ne'er-do-well who refuses <laughs> to listen to the Jedi Master of the World when he tells him to stay in the car. What a guy. And then he makes Yo, friends go. with Daishara Kor because he can understand her hatred of slavery and how she wants to do something about it. And then she dies and he's like, I'm sad. It's my fault. And she says, no, heroes love to die for the greater good. Or at least they're willing to. Which is something that Luke Skywalker foreshadowed in the second chapter of this book when he was thinking about how Obi-Wan sacrificed yes. himself for everyone to get away. And that's like the ultimate thing a Jedi can do. And like something to aspire to. That's the lesson that Anakin Skywalker learned in this book. Daishara Kor loved to die for the greater good. Guess what? Chewbacca would have too. So stop beating yourself up unless you're patting yourself on the back. <laughs> if I could just, you know, very, very carelessly boil these three children's journeys down to a single sentence each. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. Because again, like these kids, Anakin has some starring moments. Jaina has some starring moments, but Jason is a sidekick to the yeah. story of Cornhorn. Fine. Yeah. Be there, observe, learn, watch how unfair things are. How unfair the the lesser thans of the galaxy are. Because he was even feeling that way in the first book or, or second one. Why do the politicians tell magic wizards what to do? Yeah. Why are they talking to us again? Uh, but now he's like, oh, and the general public, they're going to hate us? If we save every living being from that planet? Uh, not fair. Yeah. And then Jane is just like, ah, oh, Rogue Squadron and stuff. Life's hard. Yeah, they all they I all wish, have a few moments wish, where yeah. that I like, but yeah, they all have a few standout moments. Like, what favorite moments of yours, Tim? I like the moments for um, my favorite moment is actually Jaina, her interactions with Jag, mm. her Jag interactions. I love. I forgot all about that, or, I sh or else I would have picked that. <laughs> oh, good pick. What did you got one for the each other kid or what? Uh, yeah, actually, I sorry if you weren't done with that. No, Jaina and Jag. Jaina and Jag those were like and just their. Those were really explosive moments between those characters. The way that he just like freaking laser eyeballed her from the stage, and like parted the crowd with his walked with, past with, all with the like politicians just his attitude. Yeah, yeah, flipped off Borsphalia and was like. Jaina Solo, I see you from across the room. Yeah. You're an excellent pilot. I like I that like flying like, against oh you. Oh my god, that was crazy. Yeah, those yeah. were good. Sorry. I like those ones. Other uh, kids, other kids. Uh Jason, I like his introspective when they're like when they have to do that whole thing to go down to the planet. 
And what do they got to oh, get the, up? Uh, the where he says, the I, I can be concerned about the future, but I don't have to worry about it right now. Yeah. I like that I'm for him. I'm a kid. Yeah. It doesn't have to be immediate. I can still think about it. It just, I don't have to push it. I might be a child soldier. Yeah. The first word is child. So I can pump the brakes a little bit. I'm understanding myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I murder slaves everywhere. By the way. Carry on. Sorry. And Lastly. Anakin's moments I like are the ones that actually involve Chalco. Gross. Yeah, because it's <laughs> why it's it's letting because he's not talking to his whole family about what's going on with him, mm. but it, it gives him that sounding board to get inside that Anakin's outlet. head. Yeah, he, That's he gets why to like, like get his feelings out to somebody. Yeah, who's not directly involved and doesn't know and and really doesn't care, won't judge him, whatever. He's yeah, just because he's a dude who definitely has murdered people at the spaceport. Yeah, why do you think he was keeping an eye on Daishara Kor? Uh, cause she looks like she's important mm-hmm. and maybe I can rob her yep. or kill her or other bads. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's not a bad guy. He's not a good guy. And then he just leaves at the end of the story and he's like, okay, I'm off course on hitching a ride or wherever the hell he said he was going. Man, yeah. I, I don't even know where he went. Help out on the outer rim and hang 10 and uh, high five. Yeah. <laughs> I it gave Anakin some hang introspective. Ten and <laughs> <laughs> All right. Choose your numbers. Yeah, what I was going to say when I was going to interrupt you for a second there was, remember uh, uh, that part of the journey for Jason where the plan was to wait for Yuzhan Vong to kill some of them slaves, and then some of the Yuzhan Vong might die, and maybe we can sneak away with some of their corpses? Steal some bodies? Yep. Heroes. (laughs) (laughs) This, a a lot of disappointing choices in this book. My favorite moments for the three kids. My favorite children. <laughs> Jason, uh, just doubting every choice every adult makes. <laughs> yeah. Around him. I'm not sure about that. Is that a good thing? That's not fair. That seems wrong. Why would you do that? Are you hearing Uncle Luke? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it is, it is even only knowing him for two books of this series, like it's, that's on, on brand. He is the questioner. He even has to give up questioning mm-hmm. for the sake of this war, right? Yep. Jaina, my favorite moment was the fact that she finally went starboard <laughs> and her wingmate died. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know why. Because she was counting on you rolling left. <laughs> That's what you always do, dude. You always go left and then one time you banked right and I'm Vaporized. <laughs> now my favorite moment for Anakin. Sarcastically. Is all those moments with Chalco. Where he decides to ignore. His master. His Jedi master. His uncle. And current caretaker on this family vacation. Mm-hmm. For the opinion of some some sort of grown-up, freaky, vagrant stranger. Yeah, the guy definitely says, do you think maybe he left you here so you could make your own decisions? You know what? That's a good idea. Let's go. Oh, I never thought of it like that. <laughs> Bad guy who I definitely shouldn't listen to. Yeah. Questionable guy at best. Man. <laughs> I, I tell you what this book didn't need. Did not need Chalco. Not a bit. No, it definitely didn't need him. It's just, it, he. They, we could have accomplished the same thing that Chalco did for my favorite parts with Anakin with any other member of the Jedi, the family, all of them. I will. I will play the right Trump on that left Trump. Okay. Oh, that sounds gross now. <laughs> 2016 ruined everything. He could have, fa- he could have come to all those conclusions by himself. He could have, car. but he's 15. Yeah, but he also could have been like, hmm, maybe I'm left in the car so that I can go do my own thing. Yes. That's absolutely, Chalco is 15. He's a 45-year-old, 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, listen, it's not time to get mad about Chalco. It's time to celebrate 
the solo children and those little learning journeys that they went on here. I would love to tie the two books together, but man, I don't care enough. Okay. So new Jedi order book three, dark tide to ruin is complete. Mm -hmm. A big improvement over dark tide one. Yes. But again, by the end of this book, what has changed? Yeah. Everybody in this book is just, there's nothing really big happened. No change for it. It's just a lot of really small things that Ganerizo flopped sides. And then everybody kind of learned a harsh lesson for the children. And then the grownups all kind of set themselves a goal. Yeah. Luke wants to let go. Mara wants a baby. And then to still be a badass leader. You know, Han and Leia, they want to get better, I think. I don't know. We didn't talk to them. <laughs> we only really talked to two adults <laughs> outside of Cornhorn. You know, Cornhorn is like now excommunicated from the Jedi Order. That's a pretty big change. Yeah. Uh, Jason is going to be definitely distasteful of the Jedi Order after his uncle and master. Whatever. Like, in the bigger picture, what changed? We lost one more planet to the Yuzhan Vong. Yeah. And maybe more changes in what those changes mean will become clearer as we move on to New Jedi Order Book 4. Agents of Chaos 1, Heroes Trial by James... Jim Lucino released August 1st, 2000, two short months, Tim, after the last book came out, they were hammering these suckers through the calendar two months after the last book. Whoa. Now let's have a little peep at the front cover. What? What are you making? I forgot mine. Oh, here. I have the old one. I'll show you. I'll hold it up to you while I read my pre-written description. Excellent, thank you. Here, wait. You have your glass. You have glasses on now. How, <laughs> yeah. Where should I hold it? Where's the depth of <laughs> anywhere field? is good. Oh my god. Here's what's on the front cover: a dirty-faced Han Solo holding a blaster, maybe, beside some silky non-Leia pale lady, mm-hmm. and knockoff biker mice from Mars-looking mustachioed gray man. To the left. <laughs> With a backdrop of a facility? Yeah. A, a space station? Something with some sort of landing pad and some big sort of constructional firmaments all over it. I don't know what it is, but that's not his family, is it, Tim? No, no, it's not. No, it's not. We haven't seen Han Solo in two books. Mm-hmm. His best friend died in the first book, and he's been drunk at home ever since. Picking fights in bars, and I guess he hasn't always been at home. At home, of course. Huh? Yes. Han Solo on the cover with a two strangers. But I have a feeling this guy on the right is not a stranger. No. Didn't we meet him in the first book? Isn't he the Rin contact? R-Y-N species guy? Could be. It might be. We could easily open up and look. I refuse. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. But who are these people on the cover with my Han Solo? Not his wife and not his three children, two of which are not named in the Drapanti Personae. Huh. Ah. Now, dare we, Tim, peek at the back cover. The last one was okay. We've been good for several books now. Yeah. That one book, last series, had a real dumb back jacket. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> that spoiled the first two-thirds of the book, if not more. This one, don't worry. I looked at it first ahead of time. The back cover is safe. And it says... Oh, it's long. Yeah, it is. <sighs> okay. <sighs> okay. Breathe right in the microphone. I was supposed to breathe back here. <laughs> the out goes back. The in. Okay. 
Merciless attacks by an invincible alien force have left the New Republic reeling. Dozens of worlds have succumbed to occupation or annihilation, and even the Jedi Knights have tasted defeat. In these darkest of times, the noble Chewbacca is laid to rest, having died as heroically as he lived, and a grief-stricken Han Solo is left to fit the pieces of his shattered life back together before he loses everything. Friends, family, and faith. Refusing help from Leia or Luke, Han becomes the loner he once was, seeking to escape the pain of his partner's death in adventure and revenge. When he learns that an old friend from his smuggling days is operating as a mercenary for the enemy, he sets out to expose the traitor. But Han's investigation uncovers an even greater evil. A sinister conspiracy aimed at the very heart of the New Republic's will and ability to fight the Jedi. Not fight the Jedi. The, their will and ability to fight, dash, the Jedi. Ah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't practice reading them out loud. <laughs> now Han must face down his inner demons and, with the help of a new and unexpected ally... Honor Chewbacca's sacrifice and the only way that matters by being worthy of it. Okay. Tim. Tim. He's he's been missing for two books. Mm-hmm. Sounds like this book's very uh, Han centric. Are we are we are we are we gonna get a a ha a ha are 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 we gonna get a Han Solo story? We're gonna get a solo book. Are we gonna get a solo Han Solo story? What that back sounds like? A whole a whole solo Han Solo solo story solo. <laughs> Find out next week when we cover first time New Jedi Order Book Four Agents of Chaos One. Heroes Trial, chapters one through four. Nailed it. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Hot Solo Story. Hot Solo Bubbling. <laughs> Trebubbling. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.